What's up, everybody? It's Massey and Mike, and we're here with Self-Evident Podcast number 32 in the house. And, man, look, I'm even excited to be back. Last week I was in Ohio, and, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I don't like not being a part of the podcast, but I was trying to do something live, and those, like, six days I was there, it was just packed. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get anything done. As a matter of fact, I feel bad to say this, but, like, I'm a terrible dad. I think in the three days that we were doing that convention, I probably spoke to my kids a total of 30 minutes. It was so busy. Yeah. It was so busy. So um, this is going to be a unique podcast, and here's a reason uh, for that. When I was there, uh, y- you know, it's a homeschool convention. Not everybody there is Christian, but a lot of people are. I started getting these young kids, and I called you from the road. You remember? I was on, yeah. the, I was on tour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on the, on, I, I can't remember if I was driving in an Uber or something. I can't remember what I was. No, I was picking up my car from the parking garage is what was going on. And this yeah. kid had asked me a question unrelated to the topics that I gave, but I did touch on this issue, homosexuality. And what she had asked me was this. What do you think about, can you be gay and be a Christian? And it just sparked me. I said, we need to do a, a show on commonly asked questions. Yeah. And it's not just for youth. I think we all kind of have these questions as Christians, right? Like, there's, there's this common theme that we just don't know. But, hey, the, but the Bible says it's sin. Well, that's perfect. But how do you break that down? And, and you and I have talked about hundreds of times, uh, this hundreds stuff of times. hundreds of times. We, we've covered a lot of these topics with the high school students that we were helping out a couple of years ago. I covered these topics all the time with the same students last year when I was teaching them. And one of the things you just said, is, well, the Bible says so. I get very nervous when people Truth. use that type of argument, especially on Facebook. Well, the the Bible is the authority of God. Therefore, the authority of God says this thing is a sin. That doesn't convince somebody who's not a Christian. That's exactly right. The, the Christian sees it and goes, yeah, that's authority. The atheist goes, I don't believe in your God anyway. That's a bull so, crap authority. Yeah, why would I believe in the authority that I don't believe in? That's it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know the only way you can make that authority relevant is to make it rational, where they can understand it. Yeah. Right now, there's going to be spiritual things they won't rationalize, like the prophetic, like you know, uh, I just said it, prophecy or the prophetic gifting or the the move of the spirit or why that person went and did this, and they call it coincidence. It's really not. It's the spirit of God. There's certain things you can't rationalize that are spiritual. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But there are things practically that we can rationalize, i.e., government, i.e., um, can a Christian or can a person be a Christian and gay? Right. Um, so we're going to jump right into this sucker. I, I have one question for you, kind sure. of off the cuff, but you just made me think of this. What do you think of you? You think apologetics. So so getting into the depths of debate. Yeah. You think apologetics is it's more one of those things. Be careful. You know, kind of like the Bible says, look, if you're a teacher, you're going to be held double responsible. Yeah. You think apologetics is kind of the same realm of where Absolutely. like vast majority of people on Facebook just shouldn't get into apologetics, you know? No, I think we should all be able to, like the Bible says, what is in Peter, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's an element to us studying to understand how to answer godly issues, right? Now, the world, that scripture ends with, be ready to give an answer of those that ask of the hope that's within us. Yeah. Right? So that's talking scripturally. So yes, we should be able to you know, can you be a Christian and be gay? I mean, there's a lot of retorts to this. And, and of course, some of you may get upset. And that's okay. I'm not I'm not looking for your approval here. I'm looking for truth, right? And I want to be set free just like you do. You know, I want to be, 
I think with everything that we're going to talk about today is all about acceptance. Everybody wants acceptance, yeah. right? I even hate, and I said this the other night, you were there uh, when yeah. I was preaching. Um, I really hate identity preaching. Our identity is Jesus, but identity politics has shifted the narrative of politics, of government, yeah. right? I am the seed of Christ. It's not my, like, I am. He is in me now. The spirit of God is now in me to do what he has called me to do. Right. And, and we can go down that rabbit trail and we will. No. But it's not just my identity. It's everything. It's all of me. It's I've crucified my flesh with its lust and its affections. And now I'm risen with Christ. It says in Romans six and seven. Right. So it goes beyond than just identity. I'm not a part of a clique. I'm his I'm in his kingdom now. And I, I think your job is to to walk them from the identity conversation because identity is on everybody's mind. That's all we, sure we, is. we see people as or talk, talk to people in that realm. And I think our job is to walk them from that. So they, they, you started identity. Look, your identity is not in your sexuality or your yes. gender or whatever. Your identity is in Christ. Okay, now we walk. It's not just your identity, right? You, Christ is within you. It's Christ. Not just, oh, you're a child of God. Right. Because that always gets used as kind of a pass off of, oh, I'm a child of God. No, Christ is within you. You are no longer your own. You are dead to yourself. It's Christ we're looking at, yeah. you know. Amen. Keep going. I mean, you, here, so let's let's continue here. And I just thought of a, a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to kind of read them. I'm going to go through them a little bit. So. We're going to start. We're going to have five questions today. Hopefully, we can get through them all. Right. So, we'll yeah. jump let's right into the sucker. Let's start with number five. <laughs> number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Which is homosexuality. Can you be a gay or can you be gay and be a Christian? Can you be a homosexual and be a Christian? I, I had to walk this person back. She's a sweet girl, probably 15, 16, I think. Yeah. She had a friend around there. Um, very, very young. And I said to her, I said, that's a loaded question that I'm going to have to walk through to help you understand the narrative of where I'm coming from. Okay. Now people will say right away, Oh, you're just trying to ease the word of God. No, I'm not. You have to understand the context of what I'm talking about. Okay. So one, am I identified as a Christian by the sin I commit? Hmm. Right. Is yeah. the question when I became a Christian it says it right here. Second uh, Corinthians five, right? So as she asked the question, I said to her, can you, is, does the Christian identify by the sin they commit or by the God that saved them, the Christ yeah. that saved them? And she said, well, by Jesus, right? Because that's what saves us. And I said, yes. Yeah. So let's go to 2 Corinthians five fourteen and on. It says this, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but we give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may uh, have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. Or, and, or if we are of sound mind, it's for you. The love of Christ then compels us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who should live no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. I don't look at them as the flesh anymore. I look at them now as spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. This is why you see so many divisions and you see so much gossip and animosity and bitterness and hatred because we're looking at someone according to the flesh. Now, if the person acts fleshy and you know that they're made of the flesh and they haven't been spiritually birthed, why are you shocked by what they do? That's the question you got to ask yourself, right? So let me continue. It says this, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him no longer that way. Therefore... 
if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you say that you're born as gay, if you identify that way, and that's what you say, I was born this way, God created me this way, I was born this way. The Bible says you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. So therefore, right here, it just says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things old have passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things become new. So I said to her, if all things old have passed away and you've become a new creation, can you identify the way that you used to be? Has not God changed you then? And I said, let me ask you another question. When David murdered Uriah, right, and then he slept with Bathsheba, and he had a kid, right? He murdered Uriah. He slept with Bathsheba. Did David say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a murderous child of God. I'm an adulterous child of God. Did Paul, when he persecuted Christians, did he say of himself, I'm a murderous Christian? Did Doubting Thomas say, I'm a doubting Christian? Or did they identify themselves as disciples of the living Christ? I'm a disciple of God. What does that mean? I'm constantly, I'm constantly in the disciplines of God. I'm denying myself daily, taking up my cross and following him. See, when you deny yourself, you pick up your cross. You know what that means? You've crucified yourself with its lusts and its affections. So I was walking her through this process. Those that are Christ, the Bible says, have crucified themselves with its lusts, crucified the flesh with its lusts and its affections. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. This should bring you hope. See, when I was in pornography, I never identified, I couldn't identify myself with Christ because I was locked into the sin. I don't now call myself a, a lustful Christian. And there's, Does this make there's, sense? There's a difference between David as a believer in God and committing a sin and, and understanding the conviction that that sin ended up bringing versus sleeping around all of the time and committing adultery and, and not having no. any conviction on it, right? To that point, to that point. Then let's go to Matthew. A tree is known by its fruits. If Precisely. you're not bearing the fruits of a Christian, are you saved? That's the question. I don't, you can throw any kind of doctrine at me, Right. But if you have not been received by the Spirit of God, have you been truly transformed by the power of God? Have you been truly transformed? Are you truly His, is the question. No. Is there no conviction in your heart? Which, there are people who have conviction, yet suppress it. Right, right. And, and, which, you know, no. we'll get more into, but that's important to understand as a person as well who's listening to this is, are you suppressing conviction? Right. Are you suppressing guilt in in committing these sins and doing these actions right. and becoming a practicer of this thing? Right. Now, let me that's that's really good, right? Because it's gonna lead to this. Do you have conviction at all? I know a lot of kids that tell me, how come I get busted for everything? I feel bad about a lot of the things that I do, but they don't. Man, y'all, y'all better thank God for that mm -hmm. because he's teaching you that you're a peculiar and a special people and that you're zealous of good works, the Bible says. You're zealous of good things. Those things you're convicted about is because he didn't create you for those things that are evil and bad, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that I get convicted by that others don't. You know what I mean? There's, there's, even now, uh, uh, 
praise God. I mean, I've been losing weight. Yeah. I got convicted. Like, bro, you cannot go out there. And I don't eat a lot, but I eat what I when I eat. It's not good, but I don't eat a lot. I'm not a glutton that way. Yeah. But my body's obviously not built to eat a certain certain way. So I have to start losing. I think I'm down 20 something, 20 pounds or something, 25, something like that, you know, from, from six weeks ago. Right. I got convicted about that. There's other people that are big that they don't get convicted. Hey, that's on you. Right. But I think, too, that there's people that are in dead sin, like they're they're in yeah. sin. Right. Which which but the, they struggle and fight against yeah. that sin. But you know what they're doing all the time? Looking for help. Yeah. They're not just walking in and saying, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go off and do this. That is not converted to Christ. I know a girl, when she would talk about her story, I wish she was here, um, and I don't want to mention her by name, but she said that she would be in so, like sin and drinking and all these things and like doing things she shouldn't have been doing. I'm, that's a whole other topic. I'm not saying that that's a sin, but the way she was doing it, she was abusing yeah. it and abusing, you know, letting herself be taken advantage of and all these things. But her, every time she'd talk about it, but I would run to the cross and say, Lord, what's wrong? What's, uh, why, why, why can't I change? And the, You know what I mean? There was this yeah. inner inward working a sanctification work you could tell she was after the things of god that is called conviction yep she had to work out her own salvation if uh alistair Begg said this and i i i subscribe to this yeah i love alistair alistair Begg is awesome dude Uh, and the accent just makes it i know it just makes it what is he ireland or irish or scottish yeah he's yeah just just wisdom too man. man wisdom yeah and and he had he had said something to the effect of look if this concerns you and it worries you, that's good. Yeah. It's basically, if you're concerned and worried, you're on the right track. If you're not concerned and worried, you better be. Right. You know? Right. And ask the Lord for that. Yeah. Lord, why don't I get convicted about sin anymore? Somebody like, somebody brought that up recently to me and, and said, I'm, I'm not really getting convicted anymore. That's a dangerous position. That's dangerous is. ground because what's going on is... You're no longer being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Right. You're you're shutting the Holy Spirit out and you're drowning that voice out so that then you can do what you want to do. Right. And you're becoming used to the sin. Right. Right. And and so don't drown out the Holy Spirit. If there's conviction coming through, it's coming through for a reason. That's when you run to God. Right. You a lot of people go, Well, I I can't pray because I feel so right. much shame. That's exactly when you go to right. Christ. If a kid comes to their parent when they've done something wrong and they're honest about it, a good parent is very understanding, right? very merciful. A bad parent is the one who, oh, you tell me the truth, I'm going to punish you even harder. Yeah. Right? And our father wants us to come to him. And wants us to be honest. That's what he's looking for is an agreement with what he's put down. Yeah. You're right, Lord. This is sin. As a, as a matter know? of fact, you and I were talking in the car about King Josiah. And we'll try yeah. to end this as quickly as possible. But to, to go to Josiah real fast, you remember when, as I'm reading this, they were rebuilding the temple. He took over the kingdom when he was, what, eight? Right. Yeah. And then at, when he was 18, I mean, he reigned for 30 years. But when he was 18, um, he sent his prophet or the priest, I'm sorry, the priest, to go to the temple, give the people who are working on the temple to rebuild it money. Yep. And he's like, you don't even need to exact them. They're going to do you right. They know what they're doing. So in his own heart, in his own way, he was still serving God uprightly. Mm-hmm. He was rebuilding the temple. He didn't know the yeah. law yet, though. So then the, the the priest went and found the book of the law, gave it to the scribe. The scribe read it, went back to the king and said, hey, man, your priest gave me this book. And, dude, the king was 
freaked out. He's like, our fathers, we're going to get punished because of the sins we've committed, because of what we've done. They went to a prophetess. The prophetess said this, you tell him because he sought me, because he repented, because he wept, because he tore his clothes, because he finally got my instruction in my words, I'll stay my hand with him. It's those that didn't repent yeah. that he said I would bring a sudden destruction, which was what's going to happen on, on, you know, at the end in the last days anyways. Mm-hmm. But the point is this. If we don't understand, it's because we don't have the knowledge. Yeah. And we're allowing other people to teach us the knowledge we should get ourselves from the Lord. Yeah. Right? And, that, and I think that's the most dangerous place to be. If you look at Romans 8 real fast, uh, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you're walking after the spirit, you're going to be walking in holiness. If you're not walking in the spirit, you will be after the things of the flesh. And the Bible even says the carnal mind is enmity. It's an enmity against God. It's an enemy of God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So those that are in the flesh cannot please God, the Bible says. But you are not of the flesh, you're in the spirit. If so be, the spirit of God dwells in you, it says in Romans 8. If If it dwells in you... The body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Life. It's yeah. not going to worry about the things of old. It's not going to try to hang on to sin. Right? And people say, but homosexuality is a sin. Well, you tell me, if God ordained and look at us how we're built, if that's how he made it, right? Because all God ever wants to do is make us disciples and bear fruit. Make disciples and bear fruit and preach the gospel. No. Make disciples of all nations, bear the fruit of a Christian, multiply yourself. Can't do that when you're gay, y'all. That's not a mock. I love you. I want you to be... Come to here. Matter of fact, if you're watching this, you're pissed at me. I invite you to my house or to your house, right? (laughs) I invite you to your house because we stay with them. We're almost in the process of buying one. Thank you for being so gracious to us. We've been staying there for a little bit uh, to to, to find a house. But come have dinner with us. We'll sit in the back patio. Absolutely. We'll throw down something. Right, we'll throw down some some steaks and talk to you and love you. I'm not mad at you, man. Look, I was also a liar and a deceiver. I was a murderer at heart. Shoot, man, I practiced the homosexual lifestyle for a year, year and a half. I get it. Lust got you, man. I was in pornography for two couple years. You know, I get it. I understand. Okay, the struggle. But nobody turned me away. Christ never turned me away. He wanted me to conform to Him. That's the question here. Are you conforming to the image of Jesus Christ or yourself? Exactly. And if you and continue down that road, is what's going to it's going to destroy you. And our sexuality is a very powerful image maker. Uh, we we worship the body. We yeah. worship ourselves, right? And so we create an image out of sexuality. And so people have a very hard time letting go of whether it's lust or homosexuality yeah. or adultery or whatever, people have a very hard time letting go of it. And for the person who had, well, you know, it says it in the Old Testament, but the New Testament, that was talking about something else. If you look at the original language, the original Greek in the New Testament, it's not talking about certain special, unique situations. Yeah. It is talking about the practice of men yes. with men and women with women. And it goes back to what you said of... If you step back and you look at the creation through just really dumb eyes. Basic. It's basic. A man and a woman fit together. Why are we making that more complex? Why are we trying to twist that? Why are we trying to argue that it's not as duh 
as it's supposed to be. And I don't mean that in offense to anybody, but look at the creation and how it's created. <laughs> Dude, you know? But I think, too, it's like, you know, but there's like, I was just thinking, I was playing devil's advocate. I'm like, but what about wireless charging? You know, because I'm thinking about yeah. outlets get plugged into sockets <laughs> and things. And I'm like, wireless charging. That may, But it's like that wireless charger gets plugged into the wall. So it still, still gets plugged in. Yeah, yeah. there's always got to be a male and female in yep. this one. You know what yep. I mean? There always has to be something. Now we're not mocking, no. dude. Listen, I would never. I don't do that. I don't mock the the. the I don't mock you. That's not my job. I, and 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 Christ didn't send me in the world to do that. Uh, but what I am saying to you is, if it comes off as mocking, it may be because you're mocking the God that made it, and you take it as mocking because you've had a hard stance. I don't want to have that stance against God. Yeah. I want to glorify God with everything that I do. And if we love him the right way, he's going to love us that right way. He, as a matter of fact, God's love never changes. We'll put it that way. I even got convicted saying that. God never changes. His love is always perfect. Yeah. He's never been there with the rod against me. His wrath was against me when I didn't have a son, but now that I'm his son, it's like he wants me to be a, a perfect archetype of him. He wants me to be just like Christ, right? He sees me as his son as I walk in him, right? And and when I'm when I fail or if I... If, if I lost my temper the other day on someone, that's on me, man. I, I was not walking in the spirit. I can't put that on Christ, but I'm not found in that thing. If I wasn't convicted, I wouldn't have apologized. I wouldn't have gone to Christ in repentance. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the issue here is understanding that in Matthew 1, it says that Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sin, not in it. So if he came to set us free from it, he came to redeem us from it, right? We're not supposed to walk in it. Yeah. Habitually. Yeah. Cool. And there there's a difference between struggle and temptation and walking in. That's right. And that's that's really clear. And some struggles are a lot harder than other yeah. struggles. I mean, dude, yeah. doubting Thomas. We can go with that one all day long. Yeah. Dude, he walked with Jesus. He even told him. They had the last supper, dude. He told you. Yeah. He was gonna raise again. He didn't believe it. That's how much in the flesh they were, dude. It's a struggle for him to understand faith. Now he got it. He, I mean, afterwards he got it, but he had to touch him. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And he didn't walk away. And sometimes, and this is a rabbit trail that we don't have to take, but just a question is, could have there been redemption for Judas? Oof, buddy, that's a, yeah. That's, that's, that's you know. It, but it is another conversation, he, but. He walked away. He, he walked. He yes. never came back to Christ. That's right. He is ran. that where his problem? Yeah, lied, laid. You know, but is, I think a lot of us do what was. Judas did. Well, we'll go return the silver for what we betrayed Christ with, but never run to Christ. And notice he said, "Innocent man." Yep, that's right. So I think we do. A lot of us act more like Judas uh, in, in the repercussions than we do the way Peter did. A good, good comparison. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Peter at least ran back to Christ. And and even the centurion had enough like spiritual sense, I guess. I want to, yeah. I guess I could say yeah. to say truly, this man was the son of God. Truly, yeah. right? But Judas, we tell man our problems and say, "Oh man, I screwed up with the Lord," but we will not run to the Lord Himself for Him to cleanse us, and therefore wow. we justify ourselves with man. And you know that's why we see a lot of depression because we're putting it on Facebook, we're putting our problems on Instagram, yeah. and we're not running to my Jesus who can redeem you from all this stuff. Because he's powerful and he's loving and he's almighty and he can and, and he can do way more with you than you think you can do yourself in your own repentance. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. We yeah. act more like Judas a lot of the times. I think you're right. Than we do we, like Paul. We try to comfort ourselves with our own our own motive without going back to Christ. Oof. 
We try to pay the price ourselves. And the Spirit of God won't let you do that. No. The Spirit of God always wants you to come to Him. It'll compel you. It'll draw you. Paul said, I'm compelled. I'm constrained by the love of Christ. I'm constrained. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can do to get out of it. He push. He makes me do Like, it's like, not even a makes. It's not a works thing. It's just, I can't but serve Him. And, That's just where I'm at. And know? the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can reject the lies of Satan. Oof. There so, Judas never went back to Jesus, so therefore he could never receive the truth. And he got crushed by Satan. That's right. Called the son of perdition. Whereas Peter had his reconciliation with Christ and therefore could not be crushed by Satan because it's only Christ who's more powerful than yeah. Satan. People We're ask, not. Well, people will ask, well, Peter didn't run to Christ right away the way Judas didn't, but Peter didn't kill himself. No. He, Peter didn't exactly, end his life. You know, exactly. Peter didn't end it in a, a short-term way. He didn't, let's take Judas's example of murder to a natural sense. He didn't just say, God, screw you. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it goes back to the innocent man part of it because, Ooh. because he said innocent man. Therefore he would, he never said to the high priest, you've, I, I've given you the Christ. Now, Peter, his language, he was the one who first pointed out you're the Christ. Oh yeah. So yeah, Peter point. saw him as the Christ, the Messiah. So I think that also, because he had that faith, that carried him through as well. Dude, look at the man you on the know? cross next to Christ. He's a yeah. master. It's remember me when you're in paradise, dude. He didn't even walk with Jesus. No. And he saw that he was the son of God. So yes, God is not willing that any should perish, the word says, but all is it Second Thessalonians five, I think it is. It says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he wasn't willing that Judas would perish. No. But men will just choose their own selves rather than him. They will walk after their own Ooh, lusts they, and entice. They will walk after the things that they want to and not come to Jesus. You won't save everybody. Yeah. And right? that's why God said, I will give them up to their desires. That's right. And uh, Terry and I talked about that a little bit. Um, and the the idea of giving them up to their own desires is almost, I feel sympathy for that situation because what God's saying is you've made your choice. You've rejected me. Yep. Have at it. I'm sorry. You, but, you're open to but it. Now, see, but even know? that the atheists will say, well, that's cruel of God. No, that's what no, you he, chose. He gave them their free will. You cannot do this to God. You can't blame him for things you didn't involve him in. Yeah. You didn't want him. He's not the one on the hot seat. You are. You're the one doing the things wrong. He's already laid out the rules. If you have a house and I break into it and your rules are nobody can come in without my permission, I break those rules. Am I going to say, you're a cruel person? How dare you How not dare let you? me in? Yeah, exactly. No. If you hurt me or maim me because I walked into your house, right? I'm not going to blame you for that. That's on me. But you put God on the hot seat and Christ who died for you. That doesn't make sense. You can't do that. This is where the atheists get it wrong. God is such an austere God. Is he? Is he? Or does he actually have an order to something? Something you don't like. That's that's it right you there. You don't want order. You we, don't want structure. We don't like it, so therefore we turn it back around on him. And that that's exactly the homosexuality part That's of it. That's exactly right. Because sexuality is so ingrained in us. Attraction is so ingrained Dude, in I us. Know. So if if I'm gay and a Christian tells me God God doesn't have that for your life. That's that's a sinful right. lifestyle. 
I find offense at that because it's so intertwined in me. The question really becomes, no, God has said this and put this down. Right. Am I willing to give up everything to walk with Christ? Ooh, yeah. Have or, you counted the cost? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's literally you giving it's, yourself up. And if you have to struggle through your whole life yep. to fight this in order to walk with Christ, are you willing to do that? And a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but they're not willing to admit it. So they turn it back around on God or on Christ and say, you're the one with the problem. That's exactly it. Therefore, it's walking in the spirit, and, and that'll lead you to holiness. You can't have, Absolutely. You can't have yeah. it any other way, right? So yeah. hopefully that answers that question in some sense. It, it, and we'll put the references. It's a four-hour conversation that we could have. It is a four-hour conversation, yeah. but I think there's practical ways we can answer this quickly. You Absolutely. Know what I, mean? yeah. I answered that question for her in 10 minutes. She's like, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if you're in Christ, you're just not going to think that stuff. You're, you're going to think about... And are you my fellow man and, you know, yeah. and are you willing to walk with Christ or, or not? Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. too, you know, well, I, I naturally want a partner. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That righteousness will lead you to do the right thing. And you won't be in that lifestyle. And yeah. then all these things will be added to you. He'll take care of all the stuff. He did it for me. He did it for you. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot of lies and misdirections about what the power of Christ can do for our own sexuality. If it can pull you out of pornography, if it can pull me out of pornography, out of lust, if it can pull us out of these different things, it can pull you out of sexual attraction that God hasn't ordained for us. Yeah. Now, does that mean you may have to live celibate? It may. Some people hey, dude. are called to live celibate. Well, Paul preached it. But then it. you're not divided. Right. Well, Paul preached it. He's like, I'd rather that you not marry. Yeah. You know, because then you're going to get pulled away from the from Christ. You're going to get pulled away from God because you got to deal with the wife. You got to deal with the kids. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but you're going to get pulled away. He's right. <laughs> yeah. It happens. It happens, and it does. You know, it, like there's 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 many times where it's like, man, I need to study, and the kids are like, let's go play football. How many how many conversations you know? do we have with our wives about how much time we're spending with our kids? Oof, yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's always a battle. It's always a battle, and you know? and, and and spending time with them, and, yeah. and so it pulls you away from. Now, is it godly that we spend time with our kids and our family? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so it pulls you to Christ, but there is this quiet time, this mm-hmm. this 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 closet time that you know I'm still working on. I want more of, and yeah. all these things. This is every shifting thing. You know what I mean? Like there's times where it's like. Just get me away for two days, lock me in a hotel room with no food and just Wouldn't let me see great? God, you know, and, and it's like maybe one day, you know, maybe that'll happen. Uh, but as of now, there's just so many things. It's like, Lord, give me grace. Yeah. Give me grace not to commit sin, not because I commit sin. Give me grace to empower me. John F. Kennedy said this. Don't pray for easier lives. Pray to be stronger men. Amen. That's where we need to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyways, next question. All right. Number four. Number four. Number four. Number four. Which one do you want to hit? Let's let's get off the sexuality stuff for a little bit yes. and come back to it. Okay. Number four, we have faith in politics, separation of church and state, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So let me pull up. Should, yeah. Because the question, and we get this all the time because obviously we're political and the argument of, you know, should your faith be in politics and should it not? What should the church be doing? Hey, separation of church and state. So, of course, we get this pushback all the time of Christians shouldn't be involved in politics or you shouldn't 
you shouldn't mix the gospel with politics. You shouldn't be involved in government. You know, why, how can I be? I'm told I'm not supposed to. There's that wall of separation. Notice I'm rambling all these off because we always get these all the time. time. So it's, and it's a question that the new generation asks or doesn't even know that they can ask because they've been told so many times that your faith should should not influence your politics and your faith should stay behind the four walls. Right, right. And and so let's 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 get into this for a minute, right? Now, I'm, the reason why I'm doing this is because uh, like I've memorized a lot of facts and figures, you know that. But there's a lot of and I just put on my glasses now I look like a dork. But <laughs> and, and I don't mind looking like a dork, right? But my wife actually likes this look. I am not a fan of the glasses. But if she, she likes she, it, that's hey, what matters, right. right? Happy wife, happy life. Happy husband. No one cares. Yeah, right? there is no saying no for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's none, right? So um, let's 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 do this for a minute. Let's. Uh, so you've really got something that that I point this out to people, and and it's the discussion of the gospel and politics, and people look at politics as a sphere of culture, society, of life. And depending on what you look at, there's what, the seven pillars or the different spheres. You know, you've got education, you've got politics, you've got, you know, arts, all of that. And I was sitting down with a pastor a couple of years ago, one of the most wickedly smart people I've ever sat down with. And I asked him about this. You know, I said, I, I, I struggle with, should... Should I be trying to put Jesus into politics or Jesus into education or whatever? And he said, look, if Jesus, if the gospel isn't in these things, that means that Satan is in these things. Mm. And it, it eats it from the inside out. It decays it. Yep. And what our job is supposed to be is to insert the gospel back into these spheres to spheres to try and stop the decay and try to rejuvenate it because it's only the gospel that gives new life. And so when we inject the gospel back into these different spheres of life, that's when the renewal and the regeneration can happen. Right. And if you look at politics, politics is the connection of people. It's individuals that are coming together to try and run the government. If those people all follow Christ, will we not have a moral and upright government? Will we not have a government that looks to do good and to be conscious of the edicts of God, as opposed to a government that has no moral system, a government that has no Christ in it? Suddenly men are driven by their own desires and their own flesh. Right, right, right. And it's the same thing for each sphere. Each sphere has the capability of being honoring to God, but it's the gospel that's going to do that. Anything else is just a substitute that's going to fail. Absolutely. Absolutely. You nailed it. I think one of the hardest questions that you want to ask yourself is where did the phrase come from? Separation Separation of church. Where did it come from? Right now, if you look at any one place, you won't find it in any document in history. Now, if you're going to take things like the bill of rights or the constitution itself that does that, First off, that phrase came from Thomas Jefferson to a letter from the Danbury Baptist because the Danbury Baptists were concerned about one thing. We just left a huge monarchy who the king was in control of all the religious freedom and uh, mm-hmm. religious expression. We couldn't uh, worship God the way we wanted to. So the Baptists, Danbury Baptists in Connecticut were afraid. They were afraid when Washington became president, like, hey, man, praise God. We, we want to pray for you. We want to bless you. There's a problem, though. 
we don't know what you're talking about in the Constitution. Why did you even write about religion in the first place? That's when Jefferson wrote back, sensible to what you're talking about, we erected a wall of separation of church and state because we, we don't want to interfere with what the church does. That's not the duty of government, right? Now, mm-hmm. since that phrase came from Jefferson, you won't find it in the Constitution, you won't find it in the Bill of Rights. You won't find, matter of fact, you'll find the opposite in the Bill of Rights, that Congress can't make any law respecting an establishment or prohibiting your free exercise thereof. That doesn't mean the public square. That doesn't mean in government anything. It cannot violate you from uh, practicing your religion freely. So if I'm called to government and I'm Christian, I'm going to do that. Because look at the first couple of words in that. Congress shall make no law. Bingo. A, a school board, they're not making a law when they say a prayer. That's right. There's no law determining that they must say a prayer before. It's just, it's tradition. We're trying to snuff tradition, and we're trying to snuff um, procedure, belief, structure, values. We're trying to snuff that because we've decided, oh, that's establishment of religion. Well, you're completely forgetting the first part of that. Congress, a.k.a. the federal Congress, shall make no law respecting. That's right. That means federal government can't make a law saying everybody must go to Baptist church service on Sundays. They can't do that. That's right. That's that's where that's the only box boundary yeah. on that. And you don't want government yeah. to do that. No. Because you, they're men. Exactly. Right? So let's go back to this. There were 90 framers that got together about this whole constitution thing. A lot of them framing the first amendment. Jefferson wasn't any part of that. Yeah. There was no part where Jefferson so you won't find it anywhere in that. Um, during any of the debates, not any one of the framers mentioned separation of church and state. It was a self-evident truth that God gives us rights, that government was instituted to protect those rights. That was protect the truth. Rights. Huh? Protect the rights. That's in Scripture. That's uh, Titus 2, 1 Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Titus 3, 1 Peter 2, Romans 13, all these things that I talk about constantly right now. He gave us four different governments. God, family government, self-government, civil government, church government. Mm-hmm. All these have scriptural meaning. Governments are instituted among men. You know why? Because there's this there's this debate. There's this huge debate between the Federalist and the Anti-Federalists, right? And you can kind of go into that if you want to. Basically, it was the Federalists thought, man, men aren't angels. We need a strong government to restrain their passions because, hey, if we don't have a strong government, the Articles of Confederation were really, they meant well, but they just didn't yeah. have any good taxing power. They didn't have... The way a way to 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 rein in the states they didn't have like there was nothing central or unifying the states so the federalists were getting together and saying hey we need some kind of strong central but their word of strong central wasn't like to rule over the states no. it was to keep them together just bring it together bring it together have and some type of unifying yeah, value so the constitution yeah. was written because of that that's why yeah. the articles of confederation were thrown out because it wasn't I shouldn't say thrown which, out overdone uh, or redone to the constitution is what it, I should say Paul and I kind of had a debate about that on on a couple yeah, episodes ago and they didn't know. do it in the dead of night they <laughs> no, were they were no. sent by their delegates to do this yeah they had to reform because the articles were just not a good document now here's the anti-federalists who were like leave me alone I just want to live where I want to live. I don't want a strong government. I don't even want to turn into that. Why do we have to do that? Their argument was, since the Federalists was, men aren't angels, we need a strong government. The anti-Federalists were like, you're right. Men aren't angels. Why put them in power? Yep. They're going to corrupt it. True? Yep. So there's this 
debate of how much influence and authority and government and power and power do we give to a government? Where is the supremacy of law? Where is jurisdiction? Right? Who creates law? So if you believe man does, then we don't need. How do I say this in a different way? If you believe man creates law, then there's no right and wrong because man's morality and right and wrong is so subjective. It's it's right? only based now, on what we've decided for the day. Yeah, yeah, think about this. Think You can call me crazy, and I don't care if you think I'm a uh, Islamophobe. I don't care what you say. The entire debate today, right, anti, uh, uh, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, nowhere are they talking about people against Christ. Mm-hmm. Second, why is it that in Islam we never talk about the Prophet Muhammad, just about modern Islam, the history? But in Christianity, we're always bringing up Jesus, the words of the Lord. We're always talking about Scripture and how openly we should debate Scripture, but we never talk about the debates of the Quran. Never, right? It's like Planned Parenthood. On their website, you never see a biography of Margaret Sanger. Why not? Why not? If if that's who you're following. Why not talk about the conquest of that dude, Muhammad? Yeah. And how he hated people. And he destroyed nations because of it. You're going to tell me, well, Christianity did that. No, men did that in the name of Christ, which is wrong. Muhammad taught it. My Jesus didn't. And and Muhammad put it forward as doctrine. Doctrine. Christ never put never. anything like that as doctrine. Never. And if you want to get into the Old Testament, we can, because it's a much different situation. Which we will. I mean, these, yeah. these questions yeah. can go on forever. Now... Faith and politics, separation of church and state. Who gives law? Our founders said a self-evident truth that God created us. We have a creator. He's God. If you look at any writings of the founders, they never just say God, the supreme ruler of the universe, the supreme being, the great legislator of the universe, John Adams called him, uh, the divine protection or divine providence. And they never said God, but it was always understood as the God of the Bible. Here's how I know that most of the universities, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, acknowledge Jesus Christ as their whole premise. A lot of that was going on in the day. Yeah. If you look at um, a lot of their writings, they, they talked a lot about the God of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. All these things. So, yes, that was all 13 colonies had their own state religions. You know what I mean? So Which was, they it, meant denominations. Denominations of Christianity. Yeah. So the, the, the Mayflower Compact, the Portsmouth Compact, the, the Fundamental uh, Orders of Connecticut, uh, the Mayflower Compact, all these things were to promote and promulgate the gospel. Mm-hmm. That was the purpose, right? Now, that's sa- Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to back up that statement. Their whole mission was the furtherance of the gospel. Yes. this The whole thing was started and moved forward in the colonies to further the gospel. Yes. So to say that there wasn't a Christian foundation of this nation is just a complete lie. Now, this is where the atheist comes in again. But what about all the slaughter of the Indians and the slavery? Okay, look, out of anything that you do in any corporation, look, 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 look at America. We could say we probably have capitalism, but you're going to pick out 10 businesses that are unethical and immoral. And decide that everything is everything wrong. Everything is wrong. You're going to throw the baby out with a bathwater. That's why capitalism is so bad. We need socialism. But you'll never point out the errors of government, which is retarded to me, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It, it, that's just socialism not being done right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's right, because we'll always figure it out. <laughs> you know what's so funny? That's how they're doing it with religion. 
Yeah. That's how they're instituting all this Islam Islam stuff. And yeah, they're dude, just not doing Islam the right the way. The right way. And you're misunderstanding them. No. I just read an article from someone from the I think it was the Post or something like that. I think it was the Post, Washington Post. And every article of hers in her opinion on the religion stuff, it's against Christianity, never against Islam. Yeah. Never against any other sect of religion that does things bad. It's always against Christianity, right? What I love is that because it's attacked. I'm not decrying, why are you attacking my Jesus? I'm still pushing the love of Jesus. I'm not yeah. acting like the victim. Yeah. I'm not acting like the victim here. My Jesus was never a victim. My Jesus was victor. So I never have to say, well, why are you a phobe? Why are you phobing me? I never have to do that. Dude, you can talk all you want. He still loves you, though. That's what's cool about my Jesus. He still mm -hmm. loves you. And despite men. Right. Jesus is still Jesus. He's still Jesus. So yep. it, it still gets into Jesus never preached yep. the slaughter of innocents. So, never preached it. So therefore, we have to go to the people, not the leader and his doctrine. Look at the doctrine amen. and determine whether or not the religion is good or not. Right, you know? right. And I'm talking about faith and politics before I talk about separation of church and state. You won't find the phrase anywhere except from Thomas yeah. Jefferson's letter, which is not legal and binding if it was. Yeah, what he meant. It's, it's just that a commentary. Some of you will say, well, John Adams wrote the Treaty of Tripoli, or he signed the Treaty of Tripoli. This government wasn't any sense on any sense founded on the Christian religion. He's right. It was founded on Old Testament law. Christ Christianity is its own religion. It's founded all on the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. It wasn't yeah. founded as, on... As far as the law structure. Yes, the law the, structure. The yes. Philosophy yes, the philosophy was yes. gospel. Yes, it wasn't founded on... Christianity itself, because Christianity yeah. had so many denominations, they couldn't do that. God is the author of rights, though. It was founded on that thing. Yep. God is the author of rights. He was right. He wasn't wrong in what he said. He wasn't saying this nation wasn't Christian. He was saying the government wasn't founded on this. Yeah. The government was founded on God, and God gave his son. That made its own religion. Men turned it into that, right? The Redeemer. So that's that's not wrong either, and you can debate yeah. me all you want. That's not what he was saying, right? So let's continue. There's... There's this, there's this thing that happened in 1774 with Reverend Jacob Duché. And I'm, I'm building something here, right? Go for it. Reverend Jacob Duché went in and did a, in the First Continental Congress to, to, to declare independence. So like we were talking about it. Our rights are being violated. King thinks he's God, blah, 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 blah. He does a two-hour prayer service, right? Gosh, I, I got to find it. I got to, oh, dude, I got to find this. Oh, I hope I have it, man. And here's, here's why I'm saying this, because there was a prayer that Duché did that was so powerful it's so extremely powerful. Yeah, it's not in the happiness one. Dang it, it's on my laptop, and I knew I should have brought it. But the prayer was basically saying that, hey, Lord, keep the founders, keep these men by your holy hand. Lord, make those enemies who come against us, make those who are wicked in their cause, that you would make them drop their weapons and release mm -hmm. their hands. Basically, don't let them have strength to even hold their weapons up. You know, all these things. So they're beseeching Almighty God for the cause of independence. Why? Because God desires freedom. God desires us all to be free. That's how you know those that were slave owners. Sorry, bro. You could call me and tell me what you want. They're not Christian. That wasn't Christian. Yeah. That just was not godly, right? I'm not justifying slavery. I'm not justifying the ones who had slavery, right? I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm saying this. There's a lot of Christians today that vote that abortion is okay. Do I come into your church and say, you are a murderer, you are this? No, I'm saying you're uneducated. I believe some of these guys thought it was okay. Yeah, they, and, and, and there, dude, were, there were pulpits that were pushing forward a message that slavery was okay. Justified by Scripture. Justified by Scripture. That's, 
that's a battle between that's a battle between people on what scripture says. Now, we know what scripture says Absolutely. and we know the spirit. What is the spirit? Is the spirit of bondage and slavery or is the spirit of freedom? That's right, dude. And he created us all equal, right? Now, yeah. whether all the founders believe that, I don't know. They didn't, obviously. But the premise and the idea was that God created us all to be free. Let's continue, okay? When he prayed, he said, they read Psalm 35. They did a two-hour prayer service. John Adams said, hey, it was as if the Spirit of God enveloped the whole room. Every man, it, it filled every man present, all these things. It's really, really beautiful what he said, right? That was the first, one of the first acts of our Continental Congress. Already, already right there, you should see, they're going to build us on this. Mm-hmm. Just before... A couple weeks before the Constitution was signed, Ben Franklin was the one who called for prayer in the chambers. It was Ben Franklin. He said, sensible to the Declaration, we would pray daily in these chambers. Why have we not yet supplicated the Father of Lights for this, to, to, to aid our cause, right? All these things, so he said that. Then it's signed. Did you guys know that from 1774 to, I believe, 1820-ish, I think it was, there was over a 1,000 days of prayer and fasting, states included, for this country? Faith and politics. After the Constitution, after the Constitution, there was still, because the states had their own right to do that. The governors were calling for statewide days of prayer and fasting. The only one that didn't call for a national one was Thomas Jefferson, which I believe is right. He wouldn't force the people to do that. He never called for national days of prayer and fasting. I believe he's right as a president because past presidents would do it, national, national yeah. days of prayer and fasting. But if you were, as governor, that's your state. That's that's what they elected you for. If that's what you feel you need to do, that's a, that's a state level. That is... Article 10 of the Bill of Rights. Those that are not the powers that are not delegated to the federal government yeah. are given to the states respectively. That's the purpose of government, right? Which I think we could even build an argument for the presidents who did is that they weren't enacting law, they were just enacting true tradition. True. Yes. But but I I hear you. To even yeah. suggest that the what we now refer to the president as the king, which is ridiculous, right? So, let's continue. Yeah. Faith in politics. How do you vote? Your conscience. What does Christ tell you? Right? So Even it, as an it, atheist, you vote your conscience. You vote yeah. what you believe is right. What is your belief structure? It doesn't the, your belief system <laughs> plays into voting. That's that's why it's I always laugh when people say you you know, you shouldn't vote morals or you shouldn't vote, you know, your beliefs or whatever. It's all morals. It's all it's, it. it's all what our morals are. You're not going to vote against your morals. If your morals say that a woman has a right to terminate her own baby, then you're going to vote that way. If your morals say a woman does not have a right to terminate her own baby, you're going to vote that way. We're, uh, law is morals. Law is morality. It's the determination between what is immoral and That's what's right. not. That's right. Well, all you're saying is I'm not going to allow God or the authority of God to determine any morality right. in law. Right, right. Yeah. So you look at past presidents, John F. Kennedy being one of them, one of the more recent ones. Our rights come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. It's a bold statement to make when he was Catholic and he didn't have a lot of support because the southern states were against him because yeah. he was Catholic, yeah. right? That's how religion gets all screwed up. I believe we've, we've characterized this the wrong way. We've, we've mixed politics and called that government. God never instituted politics. He instituted government. We've created Good politics. Point. Good point. So people are like, I don't get involved in politics. Dude, I don't want to either. I'm involved in government. How we should be free 
not back backbiting each other and trying to figure out how we can enslave each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's so, that's real good. Politics is the argument about the control of the government. That's exactly it. Dude, government's not supposed to control. You're either under the authority of God or you're not. You're either your own master or the master of one. And God is my master. God yeah. is who I serve, right? And not only my master, he's my friend. He's my brother. He's, 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 he's everything. He's all in all. He's all of this to me, right? So I have the authority to do the things as a Christian does, right? Let's go on. Let's continue because this is good. I'm almost done, though. Let's talk about, we already talked about the phrase that it came from a, a, a letter and a document. Yep. That's what Jeff, Jefferson said to the Danbury Baptist so that you get a clear understanding of what he meant by that phrase. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reaches in actions only, not opinions. It can't tell you what to do. Only an action. That's why government, like Washington said, it's not, it's a force. It's a fire. Actions, because it's supposed to punish. That's all it's meant to do. It's not a living thing, right? I contemplate with sovereign reverence that the act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislators should make no law respecting an establishment of religion and prohibiting the free exercise of, thus building a wall, a separation of church and state. Jefferson believed that God not government was the author and source of all of our rights and that the government therefore was to be, uh, was to be prevented from the interference with those rights. Very simply put, the wall of the Danbury letter was not to limit religious activities in public. Rather, it was to limit the power of the government to prohibit or interfere with those actions. That's the purpose. Exactly. Of that. So the government was never meant to get involved. You can get involved in government because how I believe is going to keep you free. See, here's what's cool about God, right? To the atheists. It rains on the just and the unjust. You have rights to life, liberty, and property, whether you're godly or not. God is that merciful. You remove that, you have no more life, liberty, nope. and property, because now government determines where your life, liberty, and your property start and end. And guys, what is being violated today? Your life, government determines when it begins and ends. Your liberty, government determines when it begins and it ends. And your property, it determines when it begins and when it ends. And you know what scares people? Is that it's possible for government to not be able to have control over those things. Mm. Government can't have an opinion about when life ends or begins. Bingo. Right? Or liberty begins and ends. Um, and looking at it, I think you just stated it perfectly, so who knows if I should really add Go on ahead, to this. Dude. But we're, we're <laughs> like here. legislation, we're when we're talking about legislation, that's compulsion. That's coercion yep. of faith. That's why it said Congress shall make no law. It's, it's talking about the enforcement of the government down onto the individual's process of worship, process of religion, process of belief. Yes. That doesn't mean that the belief of the society can't influence the government. Mm -hmm. That's right. There, there's no discussion about that. Right. Because the founders wanted a moral and upright society to influence the government to become a moral and upright right. government. Right. That's exactly right. I think, too, the more that I study, the more that I study this stuff, the more I don't want government involved in religion. No. Because look what it does now. It made itself God. It put itself above yeah. the Lord. As a matter of fact, why don't we read some of the injuries that have happened? I think I have it. Here it is. 
when you read the 27 injuries of the declaration, basically one of the first ones was the king thinks he's God. And it wasn't even one of the 27. That was just the king has ascended himself above God. Yeah. Jefferson wrote. Think about that, y'all. Jefferson wrote that. And as a matter of fact, if Jefferson didn't want that, why was he the father of religious freedom? It's on his tombstone in Virginia. Yeah. Right? If you look at his Jefferson Memorial, the quotes he quoted, right? It's like Christianity, in my opinion, is the best religion of all mankind, basically, is what he said. It's on, it's on, the, it's on the, the deal. And right? just to interject on that, Locke was so vital to them and so important to their philosophy on what they were founding because Locke made that argument that the lineage of kings is not authority placed there by God as far as as far as we are chosen by God, therefore we are godly. He was doing away with that divine authority that there was a whole belief that the lineage of kings had a divine authority. Now, Christians say, look, God places a person in authority, and, and I believe God allows a person to be in a position of authority, but that doesn't give that person divine authority. That's right. And Locke was doing away with that. Locke was destroying that argument and saying, no, these are men. That's right. That are, are just heritage. That's They're right. just family. And the founders attached that. They, they, that was big baseline of That's going, right. no, you're not divine authority. That's right. You're not free will by God to do whatever you want. You are not God. You know? I, I, I kind of want to continue with the, that line of thinking. If you think about this, happiness, pursuit of happiness. Took out property, I, pursuit okay, of happiness. Yep, and I do yep. this presentation on what is the real pursuit of happiness. Think about this. The word happiness in the Greek means eudaimonia, which eudaimonia means virtue or uh, excellence, basically. Virtue, if you look in 1828, it's moral uprightness, abstaining from vice, which means abstaining from sin. Where does that come from? If you read the 1828, almost every definition he had had scripture to reference yeah. it. So very godly. Noah Webster was a very godly man. Uh, but I'm not saying they were perfect, right? Yeah. You know, the other thing we do, too, is we put the founders on some stupid pedestal that they don't they belong were men. on. They were men. I would never put them on a pedestal above the Lord and say they had it all figured out. Yeah. They wrote a system as imperfect men to try to perfect government. They said that, uh, that uh, basically they wanted to perfect it, uh, to, to institute yeah. new governments. We, we can perfect it over time. Martin Luther King, I mean, dude, this guy like shook, him, uh, shook the world, but he had his own flaws and faults. Yeah. I'm looking at these men not, as, not necessarily as heroes, but someone I'm like, dude, if he can walk in that faith, I want to walk in that too somehow. And and our conclusion is we're walking away from a vision they had, and right. we believe the vision they had is better right. than the one we've got today. Right. So going with happiness, Locke even said this, that basically happiness shouldn't be mistaken for imaginary or not mistaken from the real to be, to be imaginary. So in other words, he said happiness was the end, not the means to the end. And he was talking about God and where our authority comes from. He talked about civil government. Uh, d divine, d divine law, civil, yeah. civil law, and the law of reputation. So how we determine and judge ourselves is between either A, divine law, which is God's word, B, civil law. So like if I'm stealing, civil law will bust me. It's going to be in the paper. I'm going to look bad. And then we determine ourselves by reputation, right? Yeah. If I'm out there perusing, right, something's going to happen. The reputation. You're going to look bad. Yeah, it's going to yeah. look bad. So we have that determination. But this is what John Adams said. Listen to this. He said, the only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. Listen, pure virtue, not just virtue, pure, pure. virtue. 
And if this cannot be inspired to our people in a great measure, then they have it now. They may change their rulers and forms of government, but they will never obtain lasting liberty. Read that again, please, okay. because that is so important. He said the only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. And if this cannot be inspired into our people in a great measure, then they have it now. They may change their rulers and forms of government, but they will not obtain lasting liberty. Which goes back to if our society on a whole doesn't have more morality and God, uprightness, religion if, and morality. We, if we do not have religion and morality, our government will reflect that. Our, our rulers will reflect that. And where are we at now? Is, is anybody are we believe, getting better morally or yeah. not? Does anybody believe that our leaders are more moral and more upright than they were 100 years ago? Do Dude, we really believe that? <laughs> I'm going to say this, and it's going to make you angry, and it's okay. It actually may make the left clap a little bit. We have now, as a Republican Party, because I'm neither one, made this into idolatry. Absolutely. We have the sin of idolatry now. That one man will take care of all of this. That one man can do it. You show me in our Constitution where the president has the authority to make law. Article 2, Section 2 gives him no such right. He has no authority. To say that it's the most powerful position in the world is completely false. Article 3, Section 2 says that the Supreme Court can only win on matters arising under the Constitution. They don't have the authority over marriage and bathrooms and all these things. You're giving them something that they don't merit. And they're now taking that authority because you won't. That is called idolatry. You've sold yourself out, right, because it's convenient. Mm. Because it's convenient, folks. Listen to me. I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying that you can change this. If we repent, I believe we can change this. And to those that say that was a promise given at that time, cool. But you know what? I'm going to claim a big God. Because if he wrote in Hebrews 11 that we can, they can subdue nations, we can do it again. Okay? We can do it again. I'm, I'll, I'll say yeah. that until I die. Here's where the problem is. We now depend on a man or legislature to save us. That's not, I want the legislative and the man and the Supreme Court to reduce itself so, so that we can be saved. Yeah. I don't want them to do for me so that I can be saved. It, it, I want to depend more on him, not a government. Let's, let's put this into a picture. Are you better off if, so the movie Wally? Did you ever see the movie Wally? Bits and pieces. So like this better be the, good, man. The, the robot. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding, oh, I'm kidding. here we go. I'm kidding, bro. I'm and kidding. people who have seen it know exactly where I'm going. The the robot humans they destroyed the planet. They're up in spaceships or whatever. Those chubby people. Yeah, they're all super fat and lazy. They can't even walk themselves. The machines feed them, entertain them. Machines move them around, flip them over. Right. They've given up all responsibility to something else. And we look at them in that movie because they're a character, and we look at it and we're so disappointed in that. We're disappointed in the person who gives up all responsibility over themselves. Uh, well, feed me and wipe me and change me and, you know, flip me over. What do we say about the youth and the socialists today? Yet you do the same thing as Republicans a lot of times. We do. We we want to give I'm it to somebody all else. I'm not saying conservative. I'm saying the Republican yeah. Party as a whole, we in want, a lot of ways, want that too. We we want in it. their own way. We want it. We want somebody else to take care of us. We don't want responsibility. Listen, I know. You know. Keep your thought. There's a lot of patriots that are willing to fight for this cause. Institute on the Constitution. Chris Ann Hall, um, David Barton. These cats want a government that's free. Uh, Bill Federer. Yeah. Um, K. Carl Smith. We're out to promote this thing of 
if a man should not work, neither shall he eat. Right. So I'm for those patriots and those who ascribe to that and want the same thing in their own communities. Praise God. What I'm saying is we depend on the system and the party rather than the Lord. And that's what we're missing. Absolutely. And and if if we look down so much on on those people in their moving chairs that give up all responsibility, how much more do we look up to people who take responsibility and and take life into their hands and know they're responsible responsible for every aspect of their life. We look at our superheroes. We look at at the people oh, who we look funny. up to. Like they're responsible. They take charge. They take their their life into their hands and make the decisions that they have to make in order to do what's right. And the only one who can guide us in the real world correctly on that is Christ. Right. So when we walk in responsibility, then we're free, but we're also more content, more mm. fulfilled, happy. happy. We're actually happy. Yeah, there's a sense of what, like, uh, I, I want to say this in the, in, the, in the right way, and maybe you can help me with the wording here, because I don't know if I'm going to say it right. There's a sense of pride Yeah. when a man and a woman have provided for themselves. That Absolutely. God gave them the strength to provide for themselves and their family and who they are and why they do it, right? There's a sense of pride that God, I think, put in us, the sweat. When you come in after a hard day, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know when you work out and you just sweat it out? And it's like after, (laughs) I I haven't done that in a while, right? But I mean, like when you did or when I did, when I would power lift, there was just a sense of like, that felt good. I I did something. I did something productive. There was some, you you could hang your hat on it. God put that in you. God put that in you. Now, to end that question, the founders believed in the declaration first. So people say the Constitution doesn't mention God. I get that all the time. If this was a Christian nation, why doesn't the Constitution mention God at all? That's such a dumb. That's such a dumb question. I'm going to say it that way. Okay, I'm not trying to mock. And it will forgive me if that sounds mocking. I'm really not trying to, but it is a dumb question. Here's why: because that document doesn't have anything to do with God. All it does is it's a paper telling the government this is what only what you can do mm. and nothing more. Yep. The declaration, however, was the seedbed as to why the Constitution and the Articles of Confederation were written in the first place. It was our whole reason as to why we were yes. stepping away from England. Yes. So the whole point of the Constitution was to limit man and his authority to let us walk free. The declaration said, here's why you're free. We hold these truths to be self-evident. The, the, the simple presupposed truths, simple truths, duh, truths. All men are created equal. Created by who? God. That they're endowed by their creator. Was certainly, my, I, my parents didn't give me rights. My creator did. My parents don't have all supreme authority. My, my God does. That they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Listen to me, inalienable, unalterable, can't touch them. Unalienable rights. You can't even touch this life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. That's it. To secure. That's, That's the it. whole job of protect government. It. To protect that. And sometimes that means justice. That means enforcing justice For where yes. where somebody's rights have been... Yes. Uh, um, somebody's rights have been stepped on or crossed by another person. Bingo. So That's where the government comes in. There's these three tenets, and this is how we're ending it. Our founders believe there is a God, 
Our rights come from him, and the purpose of government is to secure those rights. That's the American view of law and government. Where did I get that from? What I just said. We hold these truths self-evident. All men are created equal. Mm-hmm. There is a God. And that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Our rights come from him. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Government's only purpose is to secure God-given rights, not to provide for you and not to be God. Nope. So, yes, do, does separation of church exist? Yes, government is not God. God is God. Therefore, if the government is run right by good godly people, they're not going to infringe them their, their will and impose their will on you. There will not be a state-run religion or a federally-run religion because they don't want that. They want you to be in freedom. You want to choose that? You want to go? Do it. That is on you, man. Go for it. As long as it doesn't interfere with, the, with the rights, rights of, others. of others. You want to listen, man. And I, I even have this contention with Christians. Gay people are going to do what they do. Yeah. I don't think there should be a law banning that. Right? There should not be a law banning marriage or telling people how to live their life. They're going to do it. Here's where I say in contention because they're like, oh, so you want gay marriage to exist? No. I want you to be a Christian and preach to them. When's the last time you preached to a homosexual? But boy, you'll stand out there and lobby for a law mm-hmm. that will never change a man's heart because you know the law couldn't change you. Matter of fact, do you do you obey the speed limits? <laughs> I'll just I'll go with that one. No, right? And you want them to obey a law? How about you change your heart first? Ask the Lord for a heart for the lost and go witness to them. If you're so passionate about this issue, I disagree with a lot of my conservative friends on this. Freedom is real freedom. Right now, unless it violates the rights of others, two consenting adults doing what they do, that's that's unless they kill themselves, which is violating the rights of others. Right. What they do. (laughs) My duty as a Christian is, Lord, that's sin. That's an abomination. I have to go preach to them and show them the love of Christ, get them converted, go to the cross. Right. All these things. They touch a kid. Straight, whatever. That's where you start. That's that's interfering with the being. They rape someone. That's yeah. crossing the line. Interfering with rights. Murdering someone? Crossing the line. With rights. Yes. That's what happens. That's where government steps in. I'm all for that. And that's that's where when we get back to the you can't legislate morality. But you can because we all have morals on how we interact with other people and whether or not we're interfering with their rights. Right? And yeah. that's that's where that line of morality comes into play is are you being immoral and interfering with somebody else's rights? Right. So then justice has to be served. Amen. Well, so far we've answered two of the questions and this is good, right? And, and I'm glad that we could, and I hope that you derive something out of this. Our purpose in doing this, these kinds of podcasts is to basically wet the beak, um, not just to give you answer and be your God. We're not trying to be your pastors here. We're not trying to tell you how to live your life or anything like that. We're telling you, Hey, go to the word of, of, of scripture and go to the voice of reason, right? There's a reason that God gives us that. So um, we, we're we so honored to do this podcast. I mean, I, I can't explain to you how uh, fun it is for us. I yeah. think that we get to, like, talk. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about <laughs> things that matter, right? That Things that are relevant. You know what I mean? I don't even like talking about current events. I've never liked it. Here's why. I think even the one we did just before about Ilan Omar, uh just it just didn't fit. Like to, to me, it was like we're arguing about the wrong thing. She's talking about things that aren't even governmental. She's talking about things that she just her opinions. It doesn't even make sense to me. So, anyways, back to the point. Here we are at the end of podcast 32. So here's what I want you to do. Go online. The self-evident truth.com. The self-evident truth.com. 
you go on there, you can do one of several things. You could buy this really killer hat that Mike and I both are wearing and we're sporting. And if you turn it around on the back, bam, support the podcast. <laughs> you know what that does? Not only does it keep us doing what we're doing, but eventually if we have enough sales and donations, we can bring on and do this full time every day. We can do this as much as possible where it can feed you, right? This isn't about us. Here's what I want to get to you when I, when I, when I, when I talk about donations. Some of you can't do what we do, and that's okay. You know, there's no, there's no shame in that. You just don't have the time or the compassion. or That's not your calling, no. but you have a passion for this. So instead of thinking about it as I'm buying a hat to do, no, you're getting us to the next school. I was just six days gone. We went to a school. I went and did a civic group event, and I did a two-day convention with a bunch of youth that I got to educate on four different four different things that we talked about, separation of state, foundations of government, all these things. You're sending me and my and the ministry to go out and do this. You're involved in changing the culture. And when when we can get to these conventions, when we can get out to schools, what that means is students are hearing the message and then they can get involved in the podcast which then they can share with their friends. Oh look, my gosh. we're we're seeing numbers go up because of these conventions. So look guys, help us where you can, support us where you can because that's going become to become a monthly sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, that's you don't understand how much we appreciate the monthly sponsorship because that can help us do what we need to do to connect to the next generation. Right. Yeah. Right. And so um here we are doing this and we're going to we're going to bring out more content. We're going to have more videos. I'm already working with a couple of the video guys to do four DVDs of a lot of these messages that we do. Um, if you go online, you're going to see a whole new graphic. You're going to see uh, some new things coming out. Uh, we, we're going to change the set a little bit next week. You know, Hopefully, we'll have all the stuff in. We'll see a little bit different of a set, which is going to be exciting, which is a precursor to the next set because we already have something greater in vision for that. But you know, we just always want to improve, so we want to thank you for all your support, always tuning in with us. Always leaving comments. You guys have been nothing but awesome. Yeah, we've gotten some really bad feedback too, which is great. I think it's great because Bring they're at least on. listening. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. We're fine with listen, it. Listen, we are every time we go out to these conventions, these kids are passing by me saying, Hey man, I'm on Spotify. Right. But subscribe to YouTube because that's what gets the numbers up and we yeah. want that so that we can continue to do what we're doing. So we just want to say thank you guys so much. We love you. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys.